What's up, everybody? Welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it's like to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. This is episode 28 of the podcast. What? Time is flying. And my guest today is John Lynn of Startup Institute. And I'm really excited to have John on the show today because we talk about something very dear to my heart, something that we all do every single day, especially if you listen to this podcast, you are interested in educating yourself constantly. And that's what John does over at Startup Institute. So let me tell you a little bit about Startup Institute. And what Startup Institute does is it's a mentorship-driven accelerator program that helps new entrepreneurs join an early-stage company, which kind of solves one of the biggest problems that the startup community faces, which is finding great people for founders to build an early-stage company with. So I found it really interesting for everybody out there who's trying to make a career change, who's interested in startups, uh, or who just wants a fresh look at how education and how we're educating ourselves is really impacting our projects and our creativity. So I'm really pumped to share this conversation with you today. So I'm excited for John to tell us about, you know, what is the startup community's biggest problem? Something that I faced myself as an entrepreneur, actually, I would say the biggest, the first big roadblock I faced, he talks about, um, the habits or the bad habits that our current education system instills in us and how he envisions what education should look like for future entrepreneurs. So let's get to it. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you, Marcelo. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I've already told our listeners a little bit about what you do at Startup Institute, but tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get to Startup Institute and everything else that you're working on these days? Sure. Um, so my current roles uh, focus mostly on acceleration for either founders or for people that are entering the community. Uh, I think we'll talk more about what that means. Uh, the primary organizations I do that with are Startup Institute and uh, Techstars. Uh, my uh, most exciting focus and where I spend the most of my time is in Startup Institute, uh, where we're introducing individuals into the startup community. Um, now, prior to my role at Startup Institute, uh, I was at Techstars working with our network of investors and founders. And uh, before that, um, had set up a company of my own. Uh, we had created a product, uh, gotten a term sheet, built a team, um, ultimately uh, ended the company due to one of the more common uh, death tolls for startups, which is founder fallout, um, and moved on uh, to business school for a semester uh, where I thought I could continue building the company on my own. Um, the school that I went to, I, I chose because of its reputation for entrepreneurship and thought it would be a good place to continue some of the momentum I built uh, in the company prior. Um, but that turned out not to be the case. Um, and I took the offer from Techstars, returned to New York, and that's sort of uh, how I got here. I started the company from my experience at Startup Institute. Uh, so I was an, I'm an alumni, I was a student in one of the first classes and uh, was able to start the company from my experience there. 
Um, so that's sort of uh, moving backwards, how I got into the startup community, created my first few opportunities, and uh, have found my, uh, my sort of calling here uh, now. You're actually the second person who's worked with Techstars to be on the podcast. Uh, oh, who was the my first? My friend Aldo Aguirre. He, uh, let me just, he just wrote me like two days ago saying he, got, he has a fancy new title. Uh, so let me see. I don't want to get it wrong because, you know, that's something to be proud of. LATAM, U.S. and Canada Director of Techstars Startup Programs. So Startup Weekend, Startup Digest, Startup Next, Startup Week. Sure. Yeah, cool. uh, he was actually, I think this is like episode five or something. So tell us a little bit about, um, first of all, I have a quick question. Can you tell us a little bit about this founder fallout? Is that what you said? Yeah, sure. A, a lot of listeners are interested in starting their own businesses, and I'm just sure that they could benefit from your insight on that. And then I may, yeah, may yeah. or may not share a personal story with my own experience with this. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Um, yeah, so founder fallout is uh, sort of, uh, vernacular that the startup community uses to identify one of the most common reasons that early stage companies fail. Um, are you familiar with the book uh, by Ben Horowitz called The Hard Thing About Hard Things? No, I'm not. That sounds amazing, though. It's it's a it's a great book. Uh, ben Horowitz is one of the partners at a venture firm called Andreessen Horowitz, uh, which is really uh, the, one of the most prestigious investment groups uh, for uh, early stage companies in the in the world. Um, and uh, the book is about how the most difficult part of setting up a new company is creating the team, creating the people, uh, finding the people that are going to help you realize the vision that you're building towards. Uh, it's very much the difficulty that we're addressing for the startup community and startup institute, um, which we can talk about in, in, in a moment. But um, because that's such a deep problem, uh, it's actually one of the most common reasons that early stage companies fail because even between co-founders, um, it can be uh, incredibly difficult to find uh, two people or three people that are in the, the right moment in their lives, that have the right set of abilities, that complement each other in terms of their skills and their networks in a way that allows a company to work. 70% um, of startups fail due to founder fallout. and. Uh, what that really means is that uh, the founders realize that they are not the right team to be working together after a lot of the company uh, company's foundational pieces have been set in place, either due to launching a product or getting funding or building a greater team around the founding team. Uh, so that's what founder fallout uh, refers to. Interesting. And so you told us that you started a business. Um, what was the business... What was the main goal of the business? Like, well, tell us a little bit more about it. Sure, sure. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I, I started was able to start the business from a relationship that I uh, began during my time at Startup Institute. Um, you know, like we've talked about, Marcella, one of the important themes in the in the education here is how uh, you know being creative is part of being a great entrepreneur. Uh, because you are targeting a lot of your learning around the impacts that you want to have on your company. So one of the ways that Startup Institute uh, helps um, the students that go through it uh, get used to that habit is by setting them up with relationships with partner companies, right? So these are startups that are active inside of the community. Um, often they're tech stars companies or companies from other accelerators. 
And the small teams from Startup Institute work directly with those companies once a week on a project that lasts for the entire accelerator. Uh, so the company that I had worked with, um, you know, I was I was set up with because of my interest and background in literature. I studied literature in college and for a long time wanted to be a writer. And this Techstars company was an online uh, publisher. And they were trying to become an influencer platform uh, for authors that had not yet created audiences of their own. And it was supposed to be a more equitable way of sourcing talent uh, inside the publishing industry. Um, one of the big problems there, and the problem that this company wanted our help in solving, uh, is that there are three million books uh, that are submitted to publishers or literary agents each year um, just in the United States. It's called the slush pile, and it's digging through uh, that's actually the industry term for it, and it's it's digging through those submissions uh, to find the next Harry Potter. That is the real difficulty of being a great publisher or literary agent. Um, and the way that that problem is currently solved, and the way that it was being solved, uh, you know, when I was creating this company, um, is that there are typically inside of a literary agency or a publishing house a battery of interns. And the process that they often use uh, to find uh, the uh, the manuscripts uh, that are the highest potential is by reading the first chapter uh, of each submission and making a recommendation uh, to their company based on reading that first chapter. Uh, I don't know how much of a, a reader you are, uh, but I know that you know it can sometimes take the entire length of a book for the author to create a relationship with the world that they've that they're writing about or the creator or the characters that they're writing about uh, for the reader to really connect and it's not something that can necessarily be built in the first chapter the second problem is that it's not scalable as a business process so to really find uh, all of the books that are high potential in those three million that get submitted um, having individual people that may or may not be experienced in the industry responsible for uh, lifting up those works is, 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 is not the most scalable process, especially given some of the opportunities that you see um, online and in uh, mobile technologies. So uh, that was the problem that the company had wanted to work with us to solve. And the product that we came up with was a mobile application. What it would allow users to do is to tag themselves as interested in specific genres of literature. So let's say uh, you were really into mystery and crime thrillers and literary fiction. Um, you'd be able to identify yourself as interested in reading portions of manuscripts that align with those genres. Um, and the, uh, the application would connect you with excerpts from unpublished manuscripts that a publisher or a literary agent was considering um, investing in. And you'd record a reaction to that excerpt. And the idea was uh, the excerpts would come from all throughout the book. Uh, we'd be collecting reactions from all different kinds of people that are connected to that audience, uh, that have a good taste and sense, interest in that kind of literature, um, and would be a good source, at least an aggregate, for making a more informed decision about whether these creative works um, you know, should should be receiving more attention and, and, and support uh, in the in the publishing process. So crowdsourcing or outsourcing to the crowd for the digging aspect. Sort of crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing it in a way. You're right. Yeah. 
Um, and so that was, uh, that was a product that we were creating. Interesting. And then since then, I mean, the last time we spoke, you, you're, I guess it seems like you are fat and correct me if I'm wrong, but captivated by the effect that education, um, and the gap that there is right now in current education models, um, how that can affect entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Startup Institute and how that, sure. you know, what effect that can have on people who want to become entrepreneurs? Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, though, I feel like going through and reading online about what Startup Institute does um, and what you teach people, it doesn't really sound like it's just for entrepreneurs. It sounds for... I, I love the word entrepreneur, you know, it, it sounds like there, there are concepts that can be applied to any industry, any company and can produce better results. Does that make sense? That, that, no, that's a great observation. And, and I'm glad that you can sort of recognize the, uh, the, the applicability of these concepts beyond just the startup community. Um, so, uh, yeah, if, you, if to talk a little bit more about the educational philosophy and number one, why it's effective for the startup community, but number two, why it should be empowering to anyone um, is, I think the best place to start is by understanding the way education works uh, traditionally. And if you think about it, uh, you know, it happens on this kind of curve where, uh, you know, you spend the first part of the curve, uh, you know, consuming information. Right, so that's information that's been uh, given to you uh, by your teachers, um, and you get to a point where okay, you can understand it enough that maybe you can pass a test or get a certificate or have a conversation. Um, and at a certain point, uh, you you are recognized as being able to create impact uh, through that base of knowledge, uh, through a degree or a job, um, before you've created anything with it. So uh, the kind of problem that that poses for people that want to become entrepreneurs or that want to join uh, startups or really want to be, I think, creative in any way is that the habit that that pattern implies is that you need to know everything before you can do anything. That's not really the way it is. and It's not the most effective way to function uh, in a startup community. So uh, let's return to that. Uh, you know, the setting of, of, of two co-founders where maybe one person is uh, on the sales side and one person's a developer, a hacker and a hustler, the ideal uh, startup team, uh, at least initial co-founding team. Um, those two people are good at sales and development. Now, in order to grow the company and to create all of the opportunities that they need to create in order for this to become more than a project and to become a high growth company, they're going to be able to they're going to need to be able to do a lot more than just sell or just develop. Um, they might need to learn a little bit about what good uh, UI, UX design looks like and how to create a good customer experience for people that are encountering their product or their service for the first time online. Um, or they'll need to understand how to get uh, their website on the top half of uh, Google result for a certain um, search words that are connected to the service that they want to be providing. And that's not a sales skill. It's also not a development skill. It's also not a design skill. Um, but that team knows that that's the thing that they need to create uh, in order to move the company forward. So they'll learn just enough in order to be in order to 
uh, get their company on the front page, learn just enough about SEO, uh, search engine optimization. It's uh, sort of a small field of knowledge, huge field of knowledge in um, marketing that uh, people specialize in for the purpose of increasing the visibility of their companies on Google uh, search result pages. Um, they don't become experts in it, but they learn just enough to be able to increase um, in order to create that result. And that's what entrepreneurial accelerated learning looks like. Um, so creating that habit is all about, uh, is what sort of the learning experience and the creative experience at Startup Institute is all about. So how do you contribute to this process at Startup Institute currently? Great, yeah. So uh, I have three main um, functions. Uh, number one is to create and design the day-to-day -day experience of the curriculum. Uh, so not only creating the content of each of these sessions, uh, whether it's sales, marketing, design, development, uh, with the mentors in our community, uh, but also some of the pieces of content that we present ourselves on team dynamic communication, a startup vocabularies, what early stage investing looks like, what a funding round is, uh, all these different um, details that are part of the reality in startup, in the world of startups that really don't exist anywhere else. Um, so helping create that content and, and designing what the program looks like in a day-to-day -day experience is an important part of what I do. Uh, delivering that, that content is something that I contribute to along with uh, the rest of my team uh, and our mentor community. And the last function is to be curating that, that mentor community. So selecting the um, mentors, founders, investors, domain experts, technologists that come in um, and share their stories and skills with the cohort. Um, you know, part of uh, what allows entrepreneurs to work fast is not just this, uh, to learn fast is not just this sort of impact-centric approach to learning, but it's also their access to relationships, right? So returning to that example of a founder attempting to learn a little bit about SEO so that they can increase the ranking of their uh, website on Google, um, they might not even know where to start. Uh, they might ask Google and, you know, uh, get access to a certain amount of resources, uh, Wikipedia that talks a little bit about it, but as far as understanding how to really be able to create that result uh, in the time frame that a founder needs to create it is something that humans are still uniquely equipped to, to do. Um, so not just having an understanding of how to locate those resources, but how to equip relationships in a learning process is a big part of the habit that we want to create in uh, the individuals we select to go through the program. So uh, that mentor community that I'm curating is super important to giving people an opportunity in a sandbox to experiment with that learning habit. Uh, because it gives them access to people that they can say, hey, uh, I'm a designer, but on this project I'm working on, I need to do something marketing related. You're a mentor for the marketers. Uh, can I steal five to 10 minutes of your time to ask uh, the best ways for me to begin executing on, on this part of the project? Um, and getting that guidance is really important to being able to accomplish a lot. Um, that's ultimately why you know, the community trusts us with the, um, with the people that we're bringing into the, into the community. So what do you, I mean, you mentioned that current education teaches the habit of you need to know everything. Mm. What would you 
what would you say is the new habit that you want to replace that with? I, I love that. It's a, you know, one of the ways I hope Startup Institute affects the way uh, higher education exists overall. You know, um, like I mentioned, I was, I was a literature major. Uh, <laughs> and when I went through, uh, when I was in college um, a while ago now, and, um, you know, what that experience largely consisted of was uh, us spending two or three days a week for two to three hours with an expert uh, in if the class was romantic literature. Um, and what that would look like is that we would be given a certain amount of readings to complete for each class. Uh, hopefully we'd complete them all and hopefully we'd have some time to share some thoughts and have a conversation about what was good and what was bad about it and moving forward hopefully be more equipped to have even better conversations and observations um, as writers and readers. Um, and what that leads to is the deliverable that it creates is maybe an essay that uh, is lucid and coherent and displays some real experience with, with that subject matter. Uh, what it doesn't do is give you an understanding of where the opportunities are uh, in literature and publishing uh, as an industry today. And it doesn't give you access to relationships or at least a large number of relationships that can contribute to your progress uh, in becoming a part of that community and making that uh, your profession. And this is where you know I think we get back to this is not just about startups. Uh, this is about empowering people with the tools that they need to grow in any direction they want. So if we reimagine what that educational circumstance would look like uh, in an accelerated model, uh, we wouldn't just have one teacher uh, every day. We'd have a variety of professionals that are active uh, in the uh, publishing or book publishing industry uh, in the in, in the region that that school is located, uh, coming in to have those conversations uh, with the students, um, which number one does give them that access, uh, and number two can help bring them closer to an understanding of where they fit uh, inside of the opportunities in that in that industry. Um, the second thing that would change is that the teacher uh, would not be responsible for gathering the resources. Uh, necessary for the students to learn about that topic. Um, there are sort of three stages to learning. Uh, one is, the first is knowledge brokering, uh, the second is knowledge processing, and the second is knowledge application. Right? So uh, what teacher, the function of, of a teacher traditionally is to gather those resources for you. Uh, so that they can broker that knowledge and say you should read this chapter and that paragraph in these pages um, and then help you process it and then give you an opportunity to apply it via a test or an essay or something like that. Um, at Startup Institute uh, and in any accelerator, um, gathering those resources is something that is the responsibility of uh, the students, whether they're founders or individuals entering the community. Uh, we help give them guidance on where they can go to find those resources and how to evaluate uh, which resources are the right ones to use, uh, whether that's based on online reviews or relationships that they, that they activate in the community in the learning process through mentors. Um, and Moving on to that second stage, knowledge processing, you know, they'll skim it for the portions that are 
relevant to the thing that to the impact that they want to create for their company. Uh, but really, that processing uh, is a much less important part of the um, the overall. Uh, learning curve uh, because application gives you so much of that understanding and so just trying to use something is sometimes the best way to process the knowledge that you've accumulated around it um, so so those are the three sort of ways uh, that I, I think accelerated learning models can impact the way tr uh, education exists right now uh, number one helping people gather those resources for learning on their own uh, number two, understand how re relationships can help guide them towards creating something and re relying on the act of creation to create understanding uh, that is more lasting and vivid um, that people can rely on in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I actually read a book um, by Jane. Oh, man. It's called once, Reality is Broken. Uh, it's about the kind of like the gamification of our lives. So I'm Jane McGonigal. Boom. There it is. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but what she, she writes about how in New York city, there's one school, I believe it's a middle school and high school. No, I'm not completely sure. Uh, what they do is they change, they've changed how they, for example, how they test students instead of, you know, having a normal test at the end of a chapter or, you know, whatever, what they do is, the students need to formulate like teams of their own. So imagine kind of like Harry Potter and how he hangs <laughs> out with Ron and Hermione to like go up against the bad guy. And what they do is they have to beat the, like a boss level as a team. So they need to on their own kind of define their, what they're best at and then find their teammate that will compliment them um, and go up against this boss. And I think that that was just amazing. I was like, how fun would it have been to go through elementary school going up against like boss levels? Oh, I know. So how do you think that if you had, so if this existed for you, you know, t let's rewind, you know, 10 years, 15 years. If you had gone through something like Startup Institute back, even going back high school, how do you think that it would have changed your career trajectory? Yeah, Um so, so I think, you know, I still would have had an understanding that writing, speaking, reading are, are, are sort of where my talents are at. Um, but I would have had a better understanding of what my opportunities were given those talents. Um, and I think that's much a much bigger part of the missing piece uh, in education as it sort of exists now. Um, is that it's a great tool for understanding, um, you know, ways to to become intelligent and interrogative and communicative, uh, but understanding where those skills lie and the things that make you excited and the career that you want to build for yourself uh, is an, is a question that it doesn't help answer, and and I think involving the village in that education and activating the community. Uh, to participate in helping people not just access, access that knowledge, um, but become a part of those industries is a real key. Uh, so I think, you know, I probably, uh, maybe I wouldn't have ended up in tech uh, if I thought, if I still had that confidence that literature and writing was uh, really what I was good at and wanted to do. Um, and I would have had a better understanding of where, um, you know, I can participate in the industry itself at a much earlier stage. Um, 
so, 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 so I think it, it, starting that conversation with people um, that are active in the industries that we want to be a part of um, as a part of the educational process would have given me that awareness. What, what excites you about tech lately? I mean, it sounds like you're, you're super immersed in this, um, in this tech scene, especially in, I mean, what, Chicago, New York City, and Boston, I believe. Sure. Um, what excites you about tech for 2016? I'm just curious, just my own personal research, like what's up, what's coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's interesting. Um, you know, like I said, we have, it takes you know, more than 100 mentors for us to run the program. And, and each of those people uh, are, are coming from a different company that's working on a different technology in a different market. Uh, so we're getting exposed to a lot by putting this program together three times a year, right? And, um, you know, where, where I've seen a, a lot of excitement um, emerge is around blockchain. Um, and, you know, uh, blockchain technology is probably less uh, on the tip of everyone's tongue than something like Bitcoin. But blockchain is why Bitcoin and digital currencies uh, exist in the first place. And while there's sort of more uh, doubts about whether the, that's a survivable uh, product, the underlying technology, blockchain technology, is, is, is really where um, there, there are a lot of opportunities um, that is that is receiving support and buy-in from more established players. Um, and it's, it's a little bit complicated what it is and, and, and how it works, but um, that's that's something that we're seeing a lot of a lot of interest around. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. So if anybody who's listening wants to be in touch with Startup Institute, participate, you know, become, you know, a student, what's how can they do that? Tell me a little bit about getting involved. Yeah, you know, um, so uh, it's possible to apply directly to the program uh, through our website. Uh, that being said, uh, if you really want to have the best chance of being admitted, uh, getting a recommendation from an alumni is, is, is the best strategy. So uh, for people that apply cold to the organization, the admissions rate is, is very competitive. Uh, it looks a lot like uh, the, the admissions rate for a, a top tier university. But if you are recommended from the alumni network, somebody who's been through the program, someone who's familiar with the profile and, and, and talents that we're looking for um, in someone's emotional, uh, intelligence or communicative ability, their creative ability, um, then people that are recommended by alumni actually have an 80% chance of, of, of being admitted. Um, so, so that's the best way to get into the program. Um, that being said, um, you know, getting connected with us, uh, any member of the team, we're, we're always happy to talk to, to anyone, um, either about their career and whether Startup Institute is a, is a good way for, for, for them to move it forward. Awesome. Thank you. One last question. I mentioned last time we spoke that I'm fascinated by the focus on emotional intelligence. Can you tell me a little bit about why you find that so important um, for anybody, really in anything these days? I mean, you could be working in literature, tech, or whatever. Um, tell me a little bit about the importance of emotional intelligence in our careers, because I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's incredibly important, and, and and something that's interesting is that, you know, as these technologies um, become more part of our everyday lives, and you know, we're doing we're doing this interview right now over over Skype. It would have been much more difficult for us to have this conversation in a way that we can share it with others, um, even ten years ago. Um, 
it, it, these technologies are creating opportunities for us to be more communicative uh, with each other. So number one, uh, just the amount of communication that happens, especially in a small team circumstance, uh, like you have at a startup, is, is very important. Uh, the second reason that emotional intelligence, uh, the ability to be aware of somebody else's uh, communicative uh, patterns, uh, their emotional state, and to be responsive to that in a way that allows everyone to maximize uh, not that ju not just their productivity, but their able their ability to be creative in a collaborative environment, um, is is because that kind of collaboration is what creates leadership inside of the startup community, right? So. Uh, one of the ways that, that we understand why the startup community has been able to do so much uh, in recent years is, is less because of digital, its understanding of digital technologies, and more because of its understanding of communicative technologies and habits that it creates, uh, not just within developer teams or sales teams, but as a greater organism. Uh, startups are always talking to each other about where they need each other's support, uh, where they need each other's advice, and how they can collaborate uh, across their organizations to create opportunities for each other. Um, and, and, and being able to, to understand uh, what another organization or another individual's needs are uh, is a hugely important part of becoming a leader in the startup community and being able to create a career here. Um, so that emotional intelligence is, is important, not just because of what it allows people who exit the program to do in the teams that they join, but because of what it allows them to create in the community. Awesome. That, that, that's a great summary. Um, and, and thank you for being on the show. I, I really, I mean, education is where it all starts. So I, I wanted to, you know, jumped at the chance of having you share some of your thoughts on on all of these, you know, just the importance of education in our startup communities. And But like I said, this doesn't apply just to people who want to become entrepreneurs. Really, I think that these skills are critical to anybody who wants to be a successful creative. And what I mean by successful is just feeling it creatively expressed, you know, to do I your agree. best at creating um, things for anything. I mean, I call them makers, really, because whenever you're making anything, whether it's code or you're pushing pixels or you're painting or you're hand lettering or you're in sales, mm -hmm. um, that the creativity aspect is just so important. And I, and I really resonate with everything that Startup Institute is doing. So thank you again for sharing all of your thoughts. No, I appreciate the opportunity, Marcel. It's a pleasure to speak with you. You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Lynn of Startup Institute. By the way, remember you can find everything we mentioned throughout the show, the books, the links, all of that over at my website. You can just find that at www.process.show and you'll find all the show notes and everything we discussed if you want to click through. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed my talk with John, let me know. I'm Marcinator over on Twitter. That's M-A-R-C-I-N-A-T-O-R, -A -A like the Terminator. <laughs> I'll be back next Friday with the next episode of Process and more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process.